Welcome to Your Truth Revealed, a video podcast that explores your hidden physical and mental health potential. I'm Erica Marcoux, and I share with you the power of self-knowledge. I interview industry professionals to talk about how you can be your own health expert. You're listening to Episode 9, Know Your Development. This is the first part of an interview with Dr. Renee Rogers. We talk about the developmental stages of life from childhood to adulthood that relate to leadership. Our self-concept evolves in a series of stages throughout our lifetime, and these stages greatly impact our ability to lead effectively. It's kind of easy for everybody to get that children go through stages of development, uh, but sometimes we kind of take for granted that once we grow up, we stay the same. We're not really aware of the evolution of consciousness. Listen as we dive into the stages of your life and how they relate to development and leadership. My guest today is Renee Rogers. She has a PhD in human resources and organizational development from the University of Texas at Austin and a master's degree in applied linguistics from San Francisco State University. Renee has served in executive level positions, leading various functions in human resources for over 25 years. She is a certified professional coach and consults leaders and teams in her practice. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And in meeting you, I found it fascinating when you describe the stages of life from childhood, adulthood, and even death. And it's also interesting how these stages define leadership. You taught me about Robert Keegan. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a developmental psychologist and was a professor in adult learning and professional development at Harvard. And he describes stages of development. Can you please describe what developmental stages are in general? Uh, Yes, Keegan's a big uh, name, Mm -hmm. uh, but there are many others who have worked broadly in this field of adult development. Sometimes it's called uh, cognitive constructivist development. In general, it's a way of understanding the journey that we make as human beings uh, from our childhood and then especially into development and, and into our adulthood. It's kind of easy for everybody to get that children go through stages of development because we've had kids, we've seen children change. We know that a two-year-old is qualitatively different in the way they experience the world than a seven-year-old and a uh, teenager. Uh, But sometimes we kind of take for granted that once we grow up, we stay the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which we don't. we're We're not really aware of the evolution of consciousness in uh, our adult lives. And partly it's because it takes a long time. You know, I'm I'm looking back on my life, I'm 69, you know, it's a lot of years, a lot of experiences, and it's sometimes only with the benefit of hindsight that we can see uh, that process of development. Mm -hmm. But in general, there's sort of a basic way to think about development, and that is a kind of journey of exploring and integrating in a deep personal way, a paradox or a polarity, Mm -hmm. and that is that it is true that we are individual, unique, separate human beings, beings. 
And at the same time, we are also social, collective, Mm -hmm. embedded, whole entities that operate within a larger context. And so the journey of a development in many ways, at least the way I understand it best from my own experience, but also as these uh, adult development theorists describe, is really kind of moving from one stage uh, to the next by integrating at a deeper and higher level of consciousness Mm -hmm. uh, level what it means to be an individual, what it means to be part of a collective. Mm -hmm. We start out, you know, being born, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we come into this world. This kind of gets into the the stages. Uh When we're born, there's really not a separation between us and the Mm -hmm. outside world. You know, babies are not separate from their mothers. There's this sense of complete embeddedness. And it's not really until, you know, say age two mm-hmm. and the classic terrible twos when where everything is no <laughs> exactly. rejection. Exactly. <laughs> nope, that's not me. I, right. I, you know. Uh, and so that's like maybe the first begin the beginning of this trying to understand ourselves as human beings separate. So is that the first time that as human beings we start to individuate? I think so. Okay. And that's that is what's so uh, charming and frustrating mm-hmm. about that phase mm-hmm. of or the terrific too. Some people like to say. So uh, children continue to do this oscillation, and Piaget has laid out those stages of development. And can you uh, really describe clearly. Piaget? Well. Th- that's a whole story in and of itself, but basically at age seven, there's more of an embeddedness up until adolescence where you have kind of a repeat of that first individuation, but it's much, much greater. So it's a kind of individuation from the family, from everything mm-hmm. that shaped us mm-hmm. to an exploration of a new level of embeddedness with peers and with uh outside groups that we begin to be so and that's a painful period for me adults as a matter of fact when we finally start talking about adult development it's really about when we first leave that home mm-hmm. that we know the the family the community that we're born into and we move away so you know for those of us who have privileged lives we may go to college uh, it may be the first job that mm-hmm. that people move into it's the first time moving away and it's a, a really, really important transition. It actually, if you think about the evolution of mankind, it was a huge leap uh, because it's a time when we begin to define ourselves as a member of the collective. Mm-hmm. We begin to find out who we are as we meet the expectations and demands of mm-hmm. the world around us. Mm-hmm. And it can take a long, long time. In fact, the people who work in this area would say the majority of people don't really even move beyond this stage right. and they live happy productive lives mm-hmm. but we learn how to be workers for example it might it's a period of expansive uh, knowledge and learning because we are adding all these skills that make us able to cope with and and be successful in mm-hmm. the world so we uh, may identify with a profession at that point like we're an engineer and we Mm -hmm. think like an engineer and we begin to shape by that profession or any any number of others we may become uh, very influenced by and allow ourselves to be shaped by religious institutions Mm -hmm. it's a period where we also learn how to be in relationship so we learn how to be 
a husband or a wife or, a, you know, a, a significant other. We learn how to parent and what it means to be a parent. You can see why, from the point of view of the evolution of humans, mm -hmm. it's like a huge step forward, right? Mm -hmm. Some people move into that kind of effortlessly and other people have a hard time. Right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, and who knows why that is, maybe mm -hmm. personality, temperament or whatever. But everybody moves into that kind of socialized stage of development. And then for some of us things happen and that way of holding the world is all of a sudden too small mm -hmm. to cope with the reality that we're experiencing. So it can happen in some tragic ways. It can happen with a loss, you know, a divorce. It can happen because we're put in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, that socialized approach to seeking answers outside ourselves becomes inadequate. Uh. And so especially a leader may find themselves going, ah, nobody's got an answer for me here. I've got to come up with that answer. Right. And so that's the period where we start to, be, to believe rather than being defined by others, i got to pick up this pen and write my own story. Mm -hmm. It's a time of exploration of our purpose mm -hmm. for being here, of the values that we hold, of what we what really matters most to us as really defined by ourselves. So it's a really exciting time. Yeah. And it's a time of really claiming power in a constructive way. So are all the stages in general, because we're taking a, a more general approach to this right now, where the paradox is being autonomous and belonging to a group and that we vacillate no, it's between more, yeah, that? Well, it's more like each stage marks a movement to the opposite polarity. So every stage is the opposite. Right. Gotcha. So there's individuation mm -hmm. in uh, adolescence, and there's a move to the collective and socialized self. Okay. Then we can get stuck there. Like with every polarity, both are true. So now in terms of growth and development, we have to oscillate back mm -hmm. and we have to redefine what it means to be an individual self. But this time it's in a higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's not what it's like to be an adolescent. It's what it's like to be a deeply self-motivated, values-driven, purpose-driven adult. Right. Can you give your own definition of what consciousness is? That's a loaded question. <laughs> well, there's so many ways to talk about it. Right. I mean, this model that we're using mm -hmm. is a very cognitive model. Uh-huh. It very much speaks to the way we make sense of the world mm -hmm. and the way we understand ourselves in the world. It's a meaning-making model. Okay. And so one could argue that consciousness in this context is that larger collective sense of who we are okay. and our relationships with ourselves, with others, mm -hmm. and with the world, and then eventually with the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, not that it goes in such a linear way. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you had mentioned that it's um, it's like a spiral. It is like a right? spiral. Like it just keeps... And each time we're really exploring and integrating the polarity mm -hmm. in a deeper way personally and in a more expansive way in our consciousness and the way we think about it. And why do we even do it? I mean, that's... Good question. That's, I mean, why bother? Right. <laughs> you know, why don't we just go to that first one and stay there? Uh, 
and and it really goes to the question of what we're called to do i think because mm-hmm. it's like we can no longer make sense of the world with the consciousness that we hold okay. and we outgrow it we outgrow it and there's really demands on us the relationship with life is critically important because if life didn't demand us to keep going you know, we might get lazy and just say where Good we are. Point. And some people are more curious than others. Why are some people wired to always be asking those deeper questions of life? I don't know. But yeah, do you but, have the answer for that? Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That would be helpful. <laughs> I do think that there's, uh, you know, circumstances, serendipity will conspire to invite us to keep moving forward and understand this fundamental paradox mm-hmm. of I'm me and I'm us at the nice. same time. At the know. same time. And like with any paradox, you can spend a long time arguing one side and equally mm-hmm. on the other. So you have to give homage to each one. Exactly. And that's wholeness when approaching life holistically. Yeah. And understand it's not over. You know, you, right. you, know, you just keep, you keep going. <laughs> Kim Wilbur has talked a lot about yes. this, the idea of lines of development. So development isn't monolithic. We have uh, social development, cognitive development, spiritual development, social development. Each of those are di- distinct lines, and the journey in each one of those will be different. It's just showing that we can be very evolved in one area mm-hmm. and less evolved in others. Exactly. And then exactly. again, I keep going exactly. back to that that integration, exactly. the the whole exactly. self, exactly. and that's why it takes a long time because you're like you're like integrating a lot of yeah different lines, all those different aspects mm-hmm. of our being begin to coalesce into a mindset mm-hmm. that equips you to live in the complexity of the world as you perceive it. Yes, which is always changing. Exactly. <laughs> Robert Keegan talks about the five stages of development. Stage one is childhood. Stage two is adolescence, which he also calls self-sovereign. Stage three is adult, which is the socialized self. Stage four is the adult again, the self-authoring self. And stage five, his last stage, is the adult self-transforming self. And I would love to take a deep dive into all five of these stages. Mm-hmm. And you've already touched a bit on childhood. But one of the things in learning more about the five stages is that it's it's distinctive in that it's purely impulsive or mm-hmm. reflex-driven and on a course of maturation where there's more self-control and more, you know, as they get older. Well, and one uh, thing that the- I've noticed, you know, is with children, it, and I'm sure it's probably the same for adults too, but it's like one step forward, two steps Absolutely. back where there's that, Absolutely. that regression <laughs> to a younger stage and then um, no. I try to move forward a little bit more. I think that's a good, a good way to describe the whole process of development that never ends. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not really a linear path. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about the stage one of childhood. Can we go a little bit deeper well, now adolescence, and, you know, into adolescence and self-sovereign? I mean, adolescence is another whole topic. There are people who get stuck there. 
the self-sovereign. That's my will be done. And, you know, and I'm, I'm the king. It's a willfulness that is long outlasted its usefulness. The sense of self is ruled by their needs and wishes, not necessarily right. by others. Right, right. And so in an organization, in terms of leadership, that would translate into a very extreme kind of authoritarian, autocratic leader. Uh-huh. I think that it's no longer uh, possible for pure self-sovereign leaders to make it in organizations. Okay. Is that the needs and wishes of others are relevant only to the extent that they support right. those of that person. Right. And effectively, the person and others inhabit two separate worlds. Yeah. And you can see that with teenagers, for example, in the in the extreme rebellion or rejection right. of uh, anything that the parent thinks is right or important. It's a stage that we forgive teenagers for. We don't forgive adults for it for very long. Right. Nor should we. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's uh, uh, society evolution calls for us to at least move into the socialized stage mm-hmm. you know, to at function. least be able to function within a community and yeah. a collective. Yeah. The next stage is the adult socialized self. Right. Can you share more well, about that's, that self? That's that big leap. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where we, when we move away uh, and from home, go into college, uh, uh, join a profession, uh, form relationships, build our own families. Mm-hmm. It's a, a stage of really discovering who we are in a context of the other. A lot of our identity is shaped by meeting the expectation. So that's more belonging to a group then. The adolescent stage is autonomous. Individuation. And then we're moving back into that group mentality, that embeddedness. Yeah, that being part of the whole. Uh We can stay in that stage a long time. Many people don't really leave it. I mean, they live happy, productive lives. For the rest of their life in that stage. Yeah. But others, by circumstances, by the experience of life, by role, for example, a leadership role, begin to run up against the limits Mm -hmm. of defining everything outside themselves. Well, I found it very interesting that the socialized self, it's based on the real or imagined expectations of others. I think about stories about, well, you know, my my dad expected me to be an attorney and that didn't really fit with my personality. And it's that kind of conflict, whether it was really important to that that dad or not, but it's that real or imagined expectation. Exactly. Meeting those expectations. Meeting them. And and an imagined expectation can be just as powerful as a real one. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a little bit what you we begin to grow out of. And, mm-hmm. start, and it becomes a limit. You know, it's like, that's not all I want to be. I want to be more than that. Right. The socialized self, it's where we form our attachment to the idea of patriarchy, of hierarchy. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first other we look up to? Parents. And, yes. And, all of us actually at some time or another hold the belief that just because someone's at a higher level of uh, power and status Mm -hmm. in an organization that they somehow know more well sometimes they know a little more because they get access to the information Mm -hmm. but uh, we look outside ourselves up for answers yeah and we're disappointed if we don't get them Right. right and so that becomes a whole mindset that really works against empowerment in organizations. It's a whole mm-hmm. assumption about the way the world works. You know, one of my aims is to help empower the listener 
to not just look at a doctor and say, oh, you have all the yeah. answers for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because that's not an empowering well, that, position I mean, to be in. Our image of the doctor is the ultimate extension of a, of a patriarchy mindset. The notion of the doctor collaborating with you is, mm-hmm. a, is a new idea. Expertise can be an idea that we pay deference to age. Uh, absolutely. Certainly power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all those things work extremely well for a while then they stop working so we start wanting uh to understand it differently Mm -hmm. what that means is we need to cycle back to the other polarity Uh we've we've gone too far we've gone too far so we need to become more autonomous we go back and we begin to understand what it means to be autonomous an individual uh self motivated as opposed to other directed. Other. This transition spurs a lot of life coaching. What's mm-hmm. my purpose? Um, I've, a lot I'm of do, people I'm, don't know. I yeah. would say most of my clients well, don't we, know. We do that job that looked like a good idea At when we were time. right in the middle of our socialized self, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it starts losing its meaning. And we go, I, and I don't have the energy and the mojo to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I need something more. This can't be the end of my mm-hmm. life. But what begins then is a search for purpose so this is stage four Mm -hmm. again the adult which is the self-authoring self Mm -hmm. the sense of self is determined by a set of values that they have authored for themselves and that most adults rarely achieve this they don't really uh, see the need to do anything differently they're perfectly happy one of the things that i've had to work with in myself Mm -hmm. because i've been a developmental coach Mm -hmm. is uh, letting go of the idea that one is better than the other Mm -hmm. and so the polarity idea helps me because they're both true right the the way in which we're a total complete part of the other is true and the way in which we're individuals is true we can't get from socialized to self-authoring without going through the portal of socialized and the other part of that using the spiral diagram is mm-hmm. that the self-authoring self includes the socialized self absolutely the self-sovereign self, absolutely and the, the child you don't leave anything behind you include and expand mm-hmm. It's a progression from really that same kind of oscillation development from the very beginning, from childhood. There really is a sense that you're building on life experience Uh uh, in a way that makes you a more developed, (laughs) a more, I say, evolved Mm -hmm. uh, human. Let's look at the last stage, which is stage five, and that, again, is the adult, the self-transforming self. There is an aspect of age. It takes some time to move into self-transforming. I I feel like there's something to do with years of living life that helps out with this adult development thing. It's, again, another embedded stage. Ah, oh, okay. It's a move because self-authoring is individual. Self-transforming is a stage where you begin to realize, and often it comes with feedback, you begin to realize that your vision, even your set of values, are not enough. You need the interaction and mm-hmm. the co-creation of others to be able to 
be effective mm-hmm. in the complexity that you're living with. Well put. So this is really tough for leaders. People are pretty successful who get to this stage. And so there's a real resistance to let go of what has worked. But what starts to happen is that the context, let's take it in an organizational life, is just way too complex. There's too many paradoxes going on. There are too many polarities. There's too many competing truths operating in a given situation. Mm -hmm. Frankly, nobody knows the answer. And I'm talking about massive problems in the world like global warming. We're all over our heads in terms of being able to live with the world we have created. Mm -hmm. In organizations, we're all over our head in terms of the complexity we're dealing with, with continuing to grow or Mm -hmm. continuing to have the same profit margins or finding that new innovative product. Nobody knows the answer. And so what we begin to understand is the only answer is a deeply collaborative co-creation in the moment where we all become really open to safe-to-fail experiments Hmm. that nudge us in the right direction. Nothing's ultimately true, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. other than what's in the moment and the quality of the relationships people have with each other to be able to co-create a new world. That gives me chills. (laughs) It's a tough one. Organizations uh, have a, they struggle with it. Speaking of development, it takes a lot of energy to be your best self. Our product for this episode is Rishi Extract Mushroom Complex by Life Extension. The supplement boosts your body's natural defenses and supports healthy immune function. It's been used for centuries in traditional Chinese medicine. Go to your truthreveal.com slash store and use promo code TRUTH for a 20% discount. This segment of my show focuses on answering questions that people have about each episode. Many of you asked, how do you even start the process of personal development? I'd like to first look at why development happens, which brings me to one of my favorite quotes from Anais Neen. She says, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. There's a point when many people feel that they are outgrowing their current mindset. Sometimes that means their current situation they're in. It usually marks a time of transition that can feel risky because you're moving into the unknown. For me, it's typically a feeling that something needs to change. I might even want to gain more knowledge about something or make a move. Identify those signs for yourself of when you know it's time to move forward. I like to tell people to imagine themselves as a toddler. Think of that first moment when you shifted from crawling to standing on your own. There's a sense of innate adventure. And in that moment, you can see what's beyond your current experience. Start by tapping into that energy. Now we can answer how to start the development process. Imagine what you want to experience, every detail. Then, outline the steps to get there. Most importantly, have the courage to go through the process. Develop. For more learning, 
Download your free worksheet on my website, yourtruthrevealed.com. Please subscribe and add a rating and review at Your Truth Revealed on Apple iTunes. There are also great resources in the show notes. Tune in for episode 10. It's the continuation of this interview with Dr. Renee Rogers. The reactive mindset is very disempowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a barrier to greater effectiveness because a manager to be effective in the complexity of today's world has to be able to empower not only themselves, but more and more people to do work. I'm Erica Marcoux. Thanks for listening.